Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. Happy Memorial Day Mailbag. Joining me to break it down. Monday, May 31st, of course, Memorial Day, the start of summer. Two guys who love summer vacations. Two guys who love summer vacations more than I do, Ryan Wilson and John Breach. What's up? Uh, happy Memorial Day to you, Breach. Uh, I don't know anyone who loves summer more than Brinson because he is perpetually on a three-month vacation. I would say that I did the math, and uh, there is roughly, what, like 90 days in summer. Brinson works three of them. <laughs> three. <laughs> Hey, look, man, there's only uh, there's only about a couple of weeks where the NFL is not in season. If you want to work, work all summer, go cover golf. There are a couple <laughs> of weeks that the NFL is not in season and you don't work those weeks either. That's correct. <laughs> that is correct. If you want to make sure and watch us on YouTube. A lot of times these uh, these podcasts will come out sooner than they normally would on the audio feed via the YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash pick six uh, coming up on Tuesday, I believe we have RJ White uh, breaking down week one lines and MVP futures. No one grinds. RJ has now been promoted to like super editor, director type of sports line and all fantasy stuff, but he still grinds hard. Or, I mean, not that he would stop grinding on future bets. RJ is as good as they come. In the feed, you can check out we have tons of division resets, one for every single division. Go listen to them. We break it down. Best actionable gambling advice for every division, where we sort of stand. You get a good sense of, I mean, not like we won't have opinions change over the course of the summer. That that naturally happens. Breach, for instance, has stolen my Rams uh, to win the Super Bowl take, and Rams are the best team in the NFC take. So I may have to pivot to the 49ers now just to sort of create it. And also when the Rams don't win the Super Bowl, Brinson will throw the take on me. He said he never had that opinion and latch on with whatever NFC team ends up in the Super Bowl. That's, that's probably about right. Um, but yeah, so, you know, we'll have these opinions will change over the course, naturally over the course of the summer. But by listening to these, you can sort of get a good, you know, if, if you're, a, if you're listening to the podcast a lot, you'll get a good sense of where we stand going into the summer, um, which could frame the discussion. And if you have future questions about a team, a division, a player, a bet, a week one bet, a division, you know, a, defensive player of the year future whatever it is you can leave a five-star review on apple podcast and we will uh, answer that in a future mail bag question go behind sir alex ferguson's rags to riches upbringing in scotland the difficult sacrifices he made within his family and his triumphs and failures in soccer and sir alex ferguson never give in directed by his son jason the documentary recounts the most important stories of ferguson's life both in and out of football Stream it now exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Let's start the mailbag, shall we? We shall. Mailbag. Good job, Breach. Thank you. This is from uh, E. I can't really pronounce the last name, but he's from uh, Florida slash Pennsylvania and wants to know which deserving NFL player (laughs) will Pete Prisco notably admit, omit, from his top 100 list last year, as uh, David Tays, podcast David Tays will recall, he left Minka Fitzpatrick off his top 100. Was it what, two years ago or last year? Last year, right? Last year. And Minka made him look like a dummy for doing no, it. He, he still contends, Prisco does, that he's like, eh, I don't know where he ranks among the safeties. Like, he's not willing to to give in completely that he was wrong. Although he loves to say, I'll tell you what I'm wrong. Now, now I think he'll be admitting he's wrong without actually admitting it. If he has Minka and say the top 50, because you can't put, you can't have someone jump from not on the list to the top 50. If he's on the list at all, then he's wrong. Well, I mean, if he moves up to like 99, Prisco could say, well, he was 105 and moved up to 99. 99 is actually more disrespectful than just leaving him off again. <laughs> Might be true. <laughs> it, it, here's the thing. Um, last year, Pete, got really really like legitimately mad 
at me and BMAC because we talked about his list before the list was actually released. Like it's, you know, coming from on high, you know, is it like it's a t- like he's strolling down from whatever the mountain was with the Isn't t- your mom a pastor? Yeah, I don't remember what the mount. I, I was going to say Vesuvius, but that's not right. <laughs> mount St. <laughs> Helens. <laughs> you can ask Amanda Garrett to get it when she was well, there a couple weeks well, ago. That's what Scott's talking about. What was the name of the mountain Moses came down on? I don't know. My mom wasn't a preacher. Okay. Anywho, <laughs> Pete treats it like he's coming down from the mountaintop with this revelationary, like, revel- like just like a Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai. Thank you. This mind bending list. Dude, it's a list of a hundred NFL players <laughs> that are half anyone, wrong. literally anyone can do it. So you know what? In fact, he doesn't want us to talk about it, and, and he's refused to come on the podcast for the second time this offseason. Mm. We want to have him on. We want to promote his work. We want it to be co-worker, like good co-workers, good synergy. We want to promote CBS Sports HQ and all the stuff he does on there. And he just he's refusing to come on. So maybe we just won't talk about Pete's list. Maybe we'll just maybe we'll talk about. NFL.com's list instead. Oh. Or, or like ES, I, mean, I don't know if does ESPN do one. Maybe we'll talk about NFL Network's top 100 list that voted on by the players. Maybe we'll just talk about PFF's top 100 list. I'm sure they're Maybe all- we go on Twitter, we find a random person who's never watched a single minute of football in their lives and talk about their top 100 list. I mean, if somebody calls y'all and is like, hey, do you want to do this random, do you want to do this radio hit or do you know, would you like to do this podcast? I know Wilson doesn't say no. Breach, I don't say no. I don't say no usually. I, mean, I might, you know, accidentally ignore you, but I don't. I don't. I would just say no, no, no. Period. And that's what Prisco's doing. So we're just not going to talk about his list. I bet the the best player that he lives off, leaves off the list. You got to. But this is the only time we'll talk about it. The best player is going to leave off is Justin Tucker. You know why? Because Pete never has kickers on his list. Learn the game, Pete. Follow special teams. Kickers are important. There should be at least one kicker on your list. There's never been a kicker on his list. Learn the game. That needs to be on the Pick 6 Podcast <laughs> t-shirt. Uh, Learn, the game. Learn the game should be a Pick 6 Podcast With t-shirt. Prisco doing the muscle. I, I think Pete was like talking about getting it trademarked. I, I've been talking to lawyers. And then he's going to start a podcast called Learn the Game. And yeah. Brinson's not going to get on it. Ever. Really on it. So is there a, I'm trying to think of the teams that Pete doesn't like. Well, the teams he does like, you look out for this. There'll be a lot of Jaguars, a lot of Falcons on the team. You can oh, bet yeah. that. Michael he likes Turner. The Bengals. Is... Remember when he had Michael Turner on the top 100 list? Yes. Wilson, yeah. I killed him for it. And it was like 10 spots ahead of Troy Palomalu or something bonkers. I'm trying to think who he doesn't, who he hates, like teams that he hates that he'll, an obvious player that he'll leave off the list. Could be somebody from the Dolphins, Patriots, because he's such a Bills honk. Um, if there's a Bears player, Bears or a Vikings player, maybe Justin Jefferson. I don't think he hates Justin Jefferson, but no, he hates Kirk Cousins. So I could see him leaving Justin Jefferson. I mean, Justin Jefferson was definitely a top 100 player last year, and profiles as a top 100 player moving forward, right? Yes. All right, I'll I'll guess Justin Jefferson is his biggest snub, and he'll have maybe he'll be honorable mention, and Pete Blair will be good young player, decent season with Kirk Cousins. Can he back it up? We shall see. As the blurb or something like that. Any guesses, Wilson? Um, he'll leave Ben Roethlisberger off. Probably put Ryan Finley on. <laughs> Ryan Finley uh, cleared waivers. He left Ben Roethlisberger off last year. He left Trent Williams off last year. Mm. I mean, he, Williams was coming off, you know, sitting out a year, but Trent Williams, by the way, breached the same guy that Brinson predicted to the win comeback player of the year, and he probably showed if Alex Smith it didn't exist. Was actually a pretty good, pretty good. I will defend that one for Brenton. That was if Alex Smith didn't come back from the most devastating injury in history, then Trent Williams wins that. Oh uh, wait, oh he didn't win it. Gotcha. <laughs> the, um, uh, you know what another good guess could be. This would be something Pete would do. So you got to realize when you're reading Pete's list that there's agendas. He's got agendas built into it. For instance, <laughs> he doesn't like the Jamal Adams trade. Now Jamal Adams probably played like a top 100 player, right? Uh, he was injured for a bit. It was close. Okay. Well, I think but anyway, probably, go ahead. There's probably a good case that Jamal Adams w- should be on the top 100 list, right? Sure. Yeah. Just absolutely. The way he's played over his career, his yeah. age. Uh, his- well, Prisco had him at 42 last year. So I would say oh. yes. Oh, okay. Oh, boy. Self dunk. So if he, well, if he falls off, he might fall off this year. 
because this is that was before the trade, and Brinson's saying he's not a fan of the trade. So is he punishing Jamal Adams for the trade? We'll find out. Well, as Debo notes, most sacks ever for a defensive back in a season for Jamal last year. So you can't lower him from 42 to something higher, right? Oh, he had him on there, but he had him on there before the trade. So the list would have come out before the trade, and that, that's that's the theory that I'm hanging on. Pete hates the trade so much, giving up multiple firsts for a safety, that he will punish Jamal Adams by keeping him off the top 100 out of out of his agenda against the Seahawks and Pete Carroll and John Schneider. And using that logic, he could punish the 49ers, too, for the trade in from 12 to 3, giving him three first-round picks. Cause he, oh, that's a good point. I don't know who you would leave off, though, because Jimmy G wouldn't deserve to be on there. Trent Williams, yeah, George Kittle, he could put him, leave him off. Oh, yeah, I don't think he'd do that. Kittle was probably like 15 for him last year. Yeah, Kittle was high. There's nothing I love more than Prisco top 100 conspiracy theories. It's not even conspiracy theories. You just get inside that little pea brain mind of his and you can figure it out pretty easily. <laughs> Although Pete does have some interesting conspiracy theories. Pete brain? Yeah. Peanon. Anywho, moving along. Debo, is there anything we need, else we need to add about Pete? PFF's top 100? No, I don't even recognize who you're talking about, so let's move mm. on. <laughs> he won't answer Debo's emails. Hey, Pete, are you free anytime next week? I don't even get a no. I don't even get an yeah. N, period. And it's not like it's not like he it doesn't check his email. No, I just get ghosted like all the girls on him. What if he has you guys? <laughs> what if he has you guys blocked? Did you try his AOL account? Because I know he checks that more that, often than that. Maybe the problem is you the problem is you send you send an email to his work account. Yeah. AOL. You can't expect him to check his work email. <laughs> all right, moving along. That's the last time you'll hear about Pete Prisco's top 100. We are open to ideas on better top 100s that we can analyze. So let us know if you have a good one, PFF, NFL. We should do Pete's worst top 100s over the years. Like go through all his lists and get the, the worst. Like I'm looking at the 2012 version. Michael, Michael Turner was 95. Eli Manning was 15. And now, no year should well, – that was the year after the Super Bowl, so I get that. Now you're on to something. Let's find – let's – oh, Let's do Pete's 100 worst top 100 selections as our own countdown. We'll do one a day and just sprinkle them in throughout the summer, and we'll talk about them. That's a lot of work for us, and I don't care. It'll be well worth it. That's the only top 100 we recognize is Pete. And then we publish it as a story on CBS, and he doesn't find out until it goes up. Until his AOL alert goes <laughs> off and reminds him. <laughs> what an uh, you know who's going to be number one on his list this year? Tim Tebow. <laughs> that, that's a guy that we can all be certain will not be on his top 100. Uh, one of, somebody at CBS should tweet out like sources. Sources tell at CBS Sports Pete Prisco has included Tim Tebow in his top 100. For so every team has a 90-man roster right now. So I, I just did the math real quick. That's 2,880 players currently on NFL rosters. I'm willing to bet that Prisco has Tim Tebow dead last. No, I I, th I would guess that he is below, tweeted below kickers, below punters, below long snappers. What do you mean? No, I mean, no. What, what do you think? No means Did the meaning change in the last hour. Who is who would he rank worse than Tebow? I don't know. I'm sure some team has a backup punter in camp who's not going to make the roster. There's someone. It's Jacksonville. Frisco will think of a reason not to have a Jacksonville well, player at the bottom. Brinson was about to note. Frisco has tweeted four million times about Tim Tebow. He is obsessed. It's weird. He is. I mean, I guess it's a little weird. <laughs> you think? Do you think? Um, do you think Prisco has a Tim Tebow tattoo? No. Uh, no. <laughs> like I just looked at this text there with Pete. It's such a mess. <laughs> All right, let's go. I guess like, it, it ended up with like he called me insecure. <laughs> And now he's like, I am not insecure. I am a cocky a-hole. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. This That's is what insecure uh, people say. Zach, Zach Triner on the Bucks had a 23 Madden rating last year and was the lowest rated player in the game. Tebow will be higher than that just because of they're going to give him like a, something in the 70s. Not justified, he's, but he's going to end with like seven rushing touchdowns. He's going to put him in for QB sneaks the one yard line. Here's the thing, though. So his last games in 2012, you got someone with similar stats. I actually, guess you can't find similar stats for the position he played. Similar height, weight, speed. That last played in 2012, and you brought him back. 
he would have a 23 rating as well. The only difference is that it's Tim Tebow. Tebow? If, if Tebow makes that team... He's going to make the team. Breach and I were talking about it while you were making your, your media tour when you said you'd be doing a podcast. I'm saying if he makes the team and week one throws a touchdown pass to Trevor Lawrence, it will be... Oh, that's it. I, Pris- I want a live cam on, on Prisco as that's happening. Yeah, Prisco will throw his cats off the balcony at his penthouse apartment in frustration. <laughs> Man of the people, Pete Prisco. Right, enough about Prisco and his top 100. We'll talk about PF. We'll talk about uh, PFF's top 100 later. This is from Cat Hasselback via Apple Podcast. Okay. Great show and great content. I listen every day. I love the banter and info you guys give. Despite Breach liking the Seattle Mariners of the NFL, a.k.a. the Bengals. <laughs> Mailbag question. When are people going to start admitting that Washington was right about Kirk Cousins? And when you look back, you make the case they made the right decision letting him go. And should this approach be made by more certain teams? Like, for instance, should some of these teams let quarterbacks go that don't elevate the team instead of spending the money, i.e. the Cowboys or the Titans? So that's kind of been... Like, I don't think Washington... Okay, do we think Washington was right or wrong with Kirk Cousins? I think they sort of, like Kramer and Seinfeld, fell into it ass backwards. Like they just got lucky. I feel like because they they franchised them one year, right? And then Bruce Allen kept calling him Kurt, and then they decided to let him go, and he signed that three year deal that they later re up. Didn't he get two franchise tags? Was it two? I so think it was two. They didn't get two franchise tags. Maybe oh, two. I'm sure, it wasn't three. It was definitely two. It may have been three. Okay, so he got franchised multiple times. He right. got franchised in 2016 and 2017. Yeah. Wow, is that long ago? And so, they were trading using the third, and as that was going along, and they were negotiating with him and his agent, uh, Mike McCartney, not Mike McCarthy of the Cowboys, but Mike McCartney. Um, they remember that's when Bruce Ari- Bruce uh, Bruce Allen famously did the. He called him uh, Kurt. I just Kurt. said that. Oh. Well, you didn't really describe it. Yeah, I don't think you can give Washington credit for moving on from him because like Ryan said, they kind of fell face first into it because if you're a franchising guy, maybe the first year, if they say, let's see how he does, we'll move on. He's not doing what we want. You can say, all right, they moved on. But after that, you franchise him again. That means you wanted him. You don't franchise guy a a second time and give him a 20% raise uh, on his car or whatever the raise is unless you're trying to keep him long-term, which they try to do until Cousins' asking price got crazy. Uh, but you know what? This brings back, I think we've mentioned before, but Jay Gruden, you know, he's been so talkative uh, when he was out of the NFL, but he's back in the NFL now, so he probably won't be as talkative. But he said Kirk Cousins just doesn't work so well in the NFL because he needs an absolutely perfect situation before he'll throw football. So, like, he needs his receivers to be open. He isn't, like, throwing to covered guys. In the NFL, you don't get guys who are wide open. So... Uh, you know, obviously Jay Gruden was frustrated ha- coaching cousins. So I, yeah, I don't know. You can give Washington credit, but they made the right decision. Is that? So here's the thing. So in 2016, um, Bradford, Sam Bradford was a quarterback in, in Minnesota and he ended up being ranked 16th in, let's say he was 17th in uh, value per play, according to football outsiders. And, you know, he had his injury issues and they had to trade for him after the Teddy Bridgewater situation. A year later, Case Keenum came out of nowhere and he was fourth. That was 2017 in DVOA behind only Brady, some guy named Phil Rivers and Drew Brees. And then Case Keenum sort of came back to earth as well. So what, what's happened since Kirby has uh, arrived in Minnesota? First year he was, let's see here, he was 20th in value per play. Not great. But the last two years, he's been 10th, both years. So he's, is he a top 10 quarterback? I don't think he has played and play out according to the advanced metrics he is. And I think the frustration that both Washington fans and Minnesota fans has have is that he's not consistent. Like there are times, and sort of the breach's point about Jay Gruden's comments, there are times where he does things really well. And there are times that he makes infuriating, infuriating mistakes that cost him t- his team a chance to win. Well, I'll just say this real quick. As someone who watched Andy Dalton play for 10 years and I know we always joke about how much I love Andy Dalton but to me Kirk Cousins is the new version of Andy Dalton I think Cousins is slightly better but you're not winning super with him your ceiling is getting to the playoffs maybe winning a playoff game obviously Dalton did it but you're not winning Super Bowl that's it he can carry you 
you know, a couple baby steps forward, but you're not getting the Lombardi trophy with Kirk Cousins. No, I think that's right. I think everything, as you sort of noted, has to be perfect for it to work. And, you know, that's the case with a lot of quarterbacks. I'm just looking quickly at the quarterbacks who ranked higher than him uh, in DVOA. And uh, so Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Deshaun Watson, Tannehill, Drew Brees, um, Dak Prescott before he got hurt, obviously, Derek Carr, and then Kirk Cousins. Is Would you take Derek Carr over Kirk Cousins? No. No, no, no. no I think it's close. I, I don't no, think I'd rather have Cousins. They're all Andy Dalton's. If Andy Dalton's a Toyota, those guys are Lexuses. Or if, or if you know, Derek Carr is a Lexus? Uh, maybe those guys are Toyotas and Andy Dalton's a Kia. I don't know. Whatever. Oh, they, I see. Would you rather have Drew Brees 2020 or, or Kirk Cousins 2020? Kirk Cousins 2020. Yeah. Yeah. See, if Cousins was on that Saints team, right. That's maybe the, they, they, well, and, and that's and, the perfect and, situation. That's to Jay Gruden's point. But that, but this, this is sort of the argument for Mac Jones at three was that Kyle Shanahan doesn't want somebody like, you know, just a Deshaun Watson, the guy who holds the ball and runs around. He wants somebody who executes in the perfect situation because Kyle Shanahan, in theory, creates the perfect situation. And that's why Kyle Shanahan is always like Kirk Cousins and, and you know, why, why Jay Gruden didn't. I, I, think, I think that Washington ended up with an okay result, but their process was extremely flawed with the Kirk Cousins stuff because they franchise tagged him twice. They let him walk for nothing. And then they traded for Alex Smith and gave him a huge new contract. There's nothing smart about the process in which they approach that. Now on the and, and now Dan Snyder's trying to sue Bruce Allen. I yeah, and they're also, I mean, we love Ryan Fitzpatrick. We think it's fun, but they don't have a quarterback. I mean, that's just still don't have a quarterback. So that's kind mm. of a problem. Would you rather have Ryan Fitzpatrick or Kirk Cousins? Kirk Cousins. Thank you, Breach. That's the face I was looking for. I mean, I mean, I'm on a fence. It's close. It's close. It's not. I okay. mean, Fitz Slam. was fun last year, but don't forget what happens when he goes full Fitz Magic. Let me put it to you this way: Would you rather start Ryan Fitzpatrick for 16 games in Miami last year or Kirk Cousins? Kirk Cousins for 16 games. No, uh, I think I'm yeah. picking Fitz Magic, okay. baby. That's crazy. I, I'm in the middle. <laughs> oh, but listen, the, the end of this guy's question was, should other teams do this? He mentions yeah, the Cowboys and Titans. And like, I don't think, you know, like uh, if I'm the Titans, I'm not getting Ryan Tannehill because of what's out there. But I do think this question is pertinent to a couple other teams because we have seen, you know, the Rams said, all right, we're done with Jared Goff. He can't get us any further than what he did. The Eagles did it with Carson Wentz. And I think there are a couple teams. I think the Raiders are, could get to that stage with Derek Carr. If he is not that good, if he's average this year, they have to start seriously contemplating moving on. He was good last year, better than he's been. But if he takes a step back, you got to worry. The Browns, if Baker Mayfield takes a step back in 2021, all of a sudden you're four years in with only, you know, like, do you want to give him an extension if he's only had one really, really good year? So I, I do think there are some teams that are have some big QB questions coming up. Yeah, Joe Burrow. Well, <laughs> he's, played one year. he's played nine games. That, that's the point. Doesn't uh, let it cross the street without looking. I saw that. There is... There is I mean, there is a school of thought where you, and it's sort of robotic and analytical. And I, I mean, I think it makes sense, but the idea is that you draft a quarterback, go through his rookie contract. And before his rookie contract is up and you have to pay him a bunch of money, you just drafted another quarterback. You know, it's funny. It's funny. You mentioned robotic because that's how, when I talked to some scouts, that's how they described um, Kellen Mond, who they drafted the Vikings did to replace (laughs) Kirk cousins. And I think that's exactly to your point. Uh, the only issue is, and this is the other thing we were talking about during draft season, oh, maybe some guy sticks to the first round because you get him on the fifth-year option. You only have him for four years. So you could even argue that there's more of a push to get him out there uh, if you want to see what you have and you're not crazy about Kirk Cousins. So this is a question we could talk about later in the summer. Is Kirk Cousins one of the quarterbacks like Derek Carr who's most likely to be traded at some point during the season so you can move mm-hmm. on to – I mean, there's a there's a plan in place for quarterback in, in Minnesota, not so much in Las Vegas in terms of young quarterbacks, but – you know, there you go. I, I just think the problem with doing that is, you know, when you draft a quarterback with a high draft pick, a first round pick, your fan base becomes attached to him. And there's, you know, if that quarterback, for instance, the idea of not paying Carson Wentz or Jared Goff th- at the time that they gave him the, their extensions, you know, was kind of crazy. It was like, just pay the guys, get it out of the way. And then you're not going to see the price, you know, get jacked up later on down the road. Yeah. I Carson Wentz, yes. Jared Goff, no. I, I wasn't necessarily crazy about paying him because I thought I joked after the Jared Goff deal, but I felt like Blake Bortles, when he was there, could have gone in and put up pretty good numbers in Sean McVay's system. I, I was never a huge Jared Goff guy. 
But in, okay. well, that, in, in general, I, mean, I know I know what you're saying. But I mean, like that's the idea with Kyle Shanahan, and and people even said that with Mac Jones too. Why don't you draft Mac Jones, let him play on his rookie contract, and then draft another Mac Jones in three or four years, and you just keep staying on that cheap rookie deal and turn quarterbacks? But that assumes a seventy-five plus percent hit rate on quarterbacks. And that's that's not easy to do. No, it's more like twenty-five. So in in theory, the idea sounds great. In actual practice, it's 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 virtually impossible to to do. So, I I like it. I don't think we'll ever see anybody in the NFL have the stones to do it. I believe and, I don't hate it. I, I think that we saw glimpses of that, and it started with with Russ Wilson. Since Russ Wilson signed that big deal, how many Super Bowls they've been to? I mean, that's just saying. I mean, Aaron Rodgers. Just saying, future quarterback of the Denver Broncos. That's right. All right. Next up from Jason four Oh one on Apple podcast. Awesome pod. You guys are actually, you know what, before we get to this one and for Debo's sake, let's hear a word from our partners. Before history is written, it's played before it's frozen in time. It's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Sometimes it takes a killer to catch a killer. These killings are all about vengeance. The new season of the hit Paramount Plus original series Criminal Minds Evolution is now streaming. Buried secrets come to light in the new season as the criminal profilers join forces with an unlikely ally. I have a plan. We will not rely on help from a serial killer. Oh, you most certainly will. Stream the new season of Criminal Minds Evolution exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. I stole that little break thing from Rick Gaiman of the first po- first cup podcast. Rick, run, Rick run good, man. He's the best. He's so good at his job and I thoroughly enjoy his work as a colleague on the golf side of things. I highly recommend you check out the first cup podcast. They do a great job with DFS and general coverage of the PGA. Somebody's submitting a job application breach. <laughs> I mean, for real. Also, Rick is more kind of put together. Brinson. he's more of a, Let's have a word from our partners, guy. You're more of a roll the beautiful bean footage. You know, <laughs> I, I agree with that. Yeah, I, the partners thing probably won't last very long. The um, <laughs> if I was trying to get Rick's job, I would I would bury him. <laughs> Gavin, that guy's trash. Get him off. You need a real PGA expert. Anyway, awesome pod from Jason Four Hundred One. You guys are awesome to listen to first thing every morning. Yeah, can Big- you imagine starting your morning with us? Yikes! I think it would be. I think it would be a nice casual way to ease into the day. Mm. We're not, I can't, I'm not going to name any names, but I can't sometimes every morning I I take Robbie to school Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I get in my car and you know, I got, I got an older car, so I don't, you know, it doesn't have a Bluetooth sync. So I got to, you know, the radio's on and I'm not going to name what radio station I'm listening to, but the radio show that is on is awful. They're screaming. Is G105 still a thing? Now Brinson's trying to get a job on radio in North Carolina. No, it's not. It's not local. Oh, is G one hundred five trying um, to get a national radio job? Is this still pop? <laughs> yeah, G one hundred five still pop. Oh man, that, I mean, that, that station's been around for forty years. At this point, it's sort of morphed. I can't remember. Is G one hundred five is G one hundred five? But it, but it's like the pop is. I mean, I think like Nirvana might have morphed into like classic pop at this point. Oh yeah, they, they were playing like the hits in like the late eighties. Yeah, like, I mean, you it, know, whatever, like the Cindy Lauper type stuff. Yeah, I, maybe it's still that. There's another. So you're listening to Sirius XM Breach. So what shows on Sirius does he hate at 7:45 to 8 a.m.? Oh, there's 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 a lot. Okay. Because they have like 30 sports channels. At uh, any rate, I, my point being is that if you're going to listen to us first thing in the morning, at least you're getting some cat. Like you're not getting a you know a machine gun full of hot takes at, in your face. No. You feel like you're. You and know. like it depends on what your job is. If you're a kindergarten teacher, you probably love listening to us because we're the last adults you hear. Before you go deal with six-year-olds, right? Low bar, too. So that's a good point. All right. I didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Jason. Uh, if, you're, if you're a kindergarten teacher, you like to listen to us because it gets you ready for dealing with six-year-olds. Yeah. So continue. 
Big Vikings fan from Rhode Island. What I always say to my friends, I don't understand the hate with Jameis Winston. I would much rather have Jameis than Kirby Cousins. Kirby For me, I'd really prefer a quarterback with the balls to throw into tight windows than always be safe. But that's just me. Would love to know what you guys think. Thanks again. Uh, sort of you know, dovetailing in from our previous conversation. You can thank Debo for that. He knows where we'll go. He knows how to set it up. And Oh, by the way, you weren't here, but Debo got a promotion. So everyone sent Debo <laughs> a happy promotions tweet. Was it, what's your promotion to Diva? Uh, I got I got to work with you now seven days a week. We're adding a Saturday show, so that's, 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 that's what's, your, uh, what's, the, what's the new title? I didn't. I heard you got a shout out on our on our company. Uh, it's it's you and Prisco on Saturdays, and it's called Learn the Game. <laughs> yep, I am the uh, podcast producer for Learn the Game. <laughs> that's called a demotion. That's what that. Is. <laughs> but uh, anyway, last week either me and you, Brinson, or maybe a couple weeks ago, me and Breach talked about we'd rather have Jameis than some other quarterback i don't know if it was kirk cousins or something yeah that else. was us was it kirk cousins who was no, it? We, we were comparing them to a couple people and he came up a lot i i do think that jason's right that Jameis gets crapped on a lot but that's what happens when you throw 30 interceptions that's what happens when the person who runs his podcast predicted Jameis's rookie season he would throw 400 interceptions and he's been riding that train ever since that was I mean, he, he didn't throw 30 jason light to gm called me out on it um <laughs> but he was old, pretty close. and likes- then you called him out the next season when he actually did throw 30. 30. That's right. That's right. Yeah. But I, I think part of the issue is that part of the issue is the man couldn't see. Uh, he got mm-hmm. LASIK surgery last summer. Could be. He looked much happier in New Orleans last year. And we sort of just talked about it with Drew Brees. If you play in a, a near perfect offense, I can make you be- a better player. So I'm interested to see what happens with Jameis Winston in 2021. I hope that I hope that Sean uh, Payton doesn't try to involve Taysom Hill too much and lets Jameis sort of have a chance to play. and. I think he's fine. I, so let's put it this way: in New Orleans offense, would you rather have Kurt or Jameis? Jameis, Jameis, Jameis is. I think Jameis is be good in twenty. Well, and I think that's a fascinating way to look at it, Ryan. I, I think this is interesting. The Vikings fan is saying this: like, I'm tired of Kurt Cousins. I'd rather have Jameis Winston, even if he's throwing thirty interceptions, because at least we're exciting to watch. We're not boring. Yeah. But I think your question is pertinent, Ryan, because in the Saints offense, I think the answer is easily Jameis Winston. But if you're talking about like the Patriots offense, I think I'd probably prefer Kurt Cousins. Because, you know, they're about short, safe throws, which is Kirk's specialty. Uh, and Jameis is going to do that. He, uh, Bill's going to tell him to throw a running back. Jameis is going to throw it 40 yards downfield, probably throw an interception. He's going to get benched after three plays. So I just think it depends what offense we're talking about. But with the Saints, I think Jameis is definitely the better, would be the better quarterback. The, yeah. the one pushback I would have on that is we saw what the Saints roster is so good. I mean, it really is. The offensive line is fantastic. The defense is high end. They lost Trey Hendricks and some guys, but they have plenty of talent on both sides of the ball. Kamara, Michael Thomas, maybe right. a little, need a little more depth. What, what's the rest of this? Because I want to see how this is. What's the bad part? Well, I'm saying that you could argue that if you put Kirk Cousins in that offense with Sean Payton calling plays. Oh, yeah. That's your I mean, floor is probably nine or ten wins. The Vikings offense is pretty freaking good. They just I, drafted. I, I, the Vikings defense is the problem last year. Now, okay, I think that Jameis, I think that it depends on what you're dealing with. I I wouldn't want to put Jameis in the Viking system. Uh, Who who wouldn't want to throw to Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson and Irv Smith? I I guess my point being is that I trust Sean Payton to handle the manipulation of Jameis's mistakes. I don't necessarily trust... The All right, let's do this game. So, well, I'll go through the teams. You tell me who you'd rather have. Saints. We all agree, Jameis? You don't. Okay, two Jameis's, one Kurt. Okay. San Francisco. Uh, cousins. Breach? Uh, yeah, probably Cousins. Okay, I think that's right. L.A., Rams. Mm, ca- cousins. Probably Breach? Cousins. I think Jameis might be fun in that offense. I mean, Jared Goff isn't a dink and dunker. He has a really good arm. I'm going to go Jameis just to mix it up. And, and Breach mentioned New Orleans. Uh, I think I think Jameis actually would be good in that offense, too. And that's who I wanted last year to go there. I kept talking about winning 11 games with Jameis. I think Jameis would have been better than Cam because I think I still didn't think Cam was 100%. You, you mean New England? New England, yeah. What did I say? Yeah. I think, they, I think New England would really have Cousins, too. I just think most teams would prefer Cousins because his floor is higher. Yeah, but to Jay Gruden's point, you're going to need him to rip a throw in, on in the third down in the fourth quarter, and he's not going to do it. 
Yeah, but I mean, Jameis with the Bucks, like that was a disaster. We thought, oh, this is perfect. Bruce Arians and Jameis Winston. The problem was that Jameis made so many mistakes that a good defense was constantly put in short field situations or no field situations because the other team's walking the other way with the ball. But I think that to that end, there, you know, there's been proof that quarterbacks have struggled in the first year of Bruce Arians' yeah. system yeah. and Winston only got one year in that system. And not that he didn't struggle a little bit before that. But you know, Brady, Brady even Brady struggled. struggled. For the first, yeah. That's right. Yeah. But yeah, yeah the, the Buccaneers they, were six five at one it, point. And then they adjusted it to make it more Tom Brady friendly, a la the Broncos and Peyton Manning. So yeah, I mean, it's sort of a it's sort of a risk reward preference with Jameis and Kirk. And I'm surprised that I'm picking Kirk because I, I'm usually more of a gunslinger. Yeah. Bit of a gunslinger. Okay. Good question. I don't know that we answered that. That is a good question. If you have a thought on that, make sure and tweet us at Pick Six Pod on Twitter, or at Will Brinson and at uh, at Ryan F Wilson underscore twenty five, twenty seven. Mailbag from highly entertaining podcast. Oh, thank you. Good name. I never miss an episode of Pick Six. The banter between the super friends and the coverage of all things NFL makes this a must listen for any football fan. Question for the mailbag. As a Carolina Panther fan, I've been waiting for some. I've been waiting for more representation in the NFL Hall of Fame, and with some of our recent high-profile players who have retired or near the end of their careers, that's likely to be a reality soon. I'm curious how you would estimate these players' chances to get into the Hall, and who, if any, would be first ballot: Julius Peppers, Steve Smith, Luke Keekley, Cam Newton, Thomas Davis, Greg Olson. Thanks for the content. Keep up the great work. Ryan, I believe this is where you insert the joke about Breach and I putting everyone uh, in the Hall of Fame. I was thinking it for sure. I'm trying to, th- I was looking up. Are there any Carolina Panthers in the Hall of Fame as we sit here? Kevin Green, if you count, is he a Steeler? You can count him. Yeah, I mean, he played for the Panthers. Um, am I missing an obvious one? Probably not. I mean, they were formed in 95. So, so um, oh, Reggie White played for the Panthers? Yeah, briefly. Wow. So Reggie White, Kevin Green. called him a... Right, and Bill Polian. So he was briefly with yeah. the Panthers for a couple of years as well. So they don't have anyone in the Hall of Fame who played for Carolina for more than three years. Not they a homegrown a... home player. Correct. Right? Yep, that's it. I'm looking at the list now. Yep. Because Kevin Green probably identifies as a... Definitely identifies as a Steeler, right? Yeah, there's no way. I mean... Yeah. No, nah. but, but he, he played for the Rams longer than he played for the Steelers. But I mean, there's to your point. There's no one drafted or you know, like that. Like Jerome Bettis is a Steeler, even though he was drafted by the Rams in terms of the Hall of Fame. But for but for the purpose of this conversation, obviously Reggie White isn't, and Bill Polings identifies with the Colts, I would imagine, before the Panthers. And um, but Kevin Green's close. I mean, the the point is they have you know a half to one person as a. But they've only been around since 1995, so it's yeah. not surprising that they don't have a lot of Hall of Famers. You have 25 years, and a player has to play roughly 10 seasons, right? And then That's right. Five more years afterwards. So yeah, this it shouldn't. They shouldn't have anybody. Just like the Texans don't have anybody in, and the Jaguars don't have anybody. In. I, I mean, David Carr is going in. The Bengals have existed since the 60s, and they only have one Hall of Famer. So Boomer is wait, Boomer's not even in the Hall, is he? It's mm-hmm. Anthony Munoz. So it's not you know not every team. Yeah, so and, and and this list of Panthers that might go in is interesting because you know the Panthers could finally get their first full time Hall of Famer here. So I would say, and I'm gonna throw this out there and let as the resident Panthers fan guru guru, uh, I'll throw this out there and see if you guys agree or disagree. I believe that Julius Peppers, Steve Smith, and Luke Keekley will all be Hall of Famers, and I don't think it's really particularly close. I don't. I think Peppers, Peppers. Is he up? Has he been up yet? No, I think he's next year or two years. I think Peppers is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Do you think everyone is though? Unless he's unless he's already been up once, then I'm an idiot. Yeah, he retired. Yeah, he's got a few years. Yeah, he's got a couple of years. Golly, he's forty-one. Peppers played for. Uh, he played for seventeen years. So here's the good news. <laughs> it's insane. Here's the good news. He's definitely a Hall of Famer because I'm, I'm looking at the list of uh, NFL uh, pro football references, uh, approximate value, their metrics for sort of assigning value to these players over the years. Julius Peppers is at 183, which ranks 22nd all time. And the, their 
He's virtually a first ballot hall. Of fame. Everyone ahead of him who is not retired or hasn't been retired long enough to be in the Hall of Fame is in the Hall of Fame. And most of the people ahead of him are either quarterbacks all in the Hall of Fame or Tom Brady, Drew Brees, or names like uh, Bruce Smith, Reggie White, Ray Lewis. This is also great news, for instance, because Philip Rivers is on this list. So, happy well, so basically, in this question of the list of names that he gave us, Peppers feels like the one absolute lock. Joyce Peppers is getting in no matter what. I think Peppers is a lock for first ballot Hall of Famer. No, I don't know who's I, in the class. Okay, I would, I would, I would, I'll, I'll bet you whatever you want. You just don't know like what, who else is in the class and you know, the, the, who's being, who's, who, who didn't get in the year before, two years before. Is he deserving? Yeah, uh, he probably is, but you know, I wouldn't say a hundred percent. I mean, he's a nine time pro bowler, a three time all pro. I understand all those for the all 2010s team, a hall of famer for the all 2000 team. So he's on multiple all decade teams. He was the 2002 defensive rookie of the year. And he, he played for 17 years and never had only had less than five sacks one time in those seasons, along with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten double digit sack seasons. He's fourth all time in sacks uh, behind only Bruce Smith, Reggie White and Kevin Green right ahead of Chris Dolman, Michael Strahan and Jason Taylor. All of those seven guys, only one Julius Peppers is not in the Hall of Fame. I think he's, I think he's a slam dunk first ballot. Steve Smith is really interesting because I think, and this is fair or not, that if you are an analyst for the NFL Network, your your chances, they, they pride themselves on all their guys who are analysts having Hall of Fame jackets. I would bet you that. At, all right. Okay. <laughs> okay yourself. I don't I'm know. Saying, I mean, I'm saying that Steve Smith will get in. Maybe, probably, maybe second ballot. Depends on what goes on with the other wide receivers and how the hall will treat those. You know, you have the Torrey Holt, you know, Andre Johnson is coming up, you know, Reggie Wayne. So it, it will, but like Andre Johnson's coming up the same year as Steve Smith. So they're going to be battling against each other. The receiver log jam. You just mentioned also Anquan Bolden could be in that class with Andre Johnson and Steve Smith, and they all put up similar numbers. So, you know, obviously what you said about the NFL network, does that give you a slight heads up? Maybe, but I don't know that he's, no one in the NFL Network votes. What are you guys talking about? Around the NFL. I didn't hear what either one of you said because you both being rude to each other. <laughs> Go ahead, Bruce. I, I mean, I think Smith has a chance to get in, but I don't no, think he's he does a have a chance. But the fact oh, that he works at NFL Network is crazy. I think he is. I think Steve Smith is like minus one twenty-five to be a Hall of Famer. At- so here, here's a, here's a look because uh, uh, just going on again, uh, career approximate value. The names behind him. So he is actually one point ahead of Larry Fitzgerald, who we all agree is getting into the Hall of Fame. Yes. First slam dunk first ballot. And ahead of Steve Smith, immediately on the career approximate value list is um, Alan Fanica, Hall of Famer. Steve Largent, Terry Bradshaw, Hall of Famer. Vinny Testaverde isn't a Hall of Famer, but he played forever. Your guy, Forrest Greg Breach, who's also a Hall of Famer. Carson Palmer, James Loft, and Mean Joe Green. Those guys are all Hall of Famers. Uh, look, London Fletcher's there. Does he deserve to be in? He played for 50 years. There's a certainly a conversation to be had there. But you keep going up that list. All those guys are in the Hall of Fame. The next name you get to that's not in the Hall of Fame is Jari Evans, and that's because uh, he retired in 2017, and he'll, he'll be someone certainly that, that they'll have to talk about. So, yeah, I, I think he has a really good case for going into the Hall of Fame at some point. I don't know if he's going to go in year one or year two because, as you guys noted, there are a lot of wide receivers. Yeah. But, but if Larry Fitzgerald's going in um, – Fitz is so here. Here's the deal: there are thirteen of the top thirteen wide receivers, and fourteenth is Anquan Bolden, who's probably not going to get to the Hall of Fame, but it should be Hall of Very Good. Um, the of the top thirteen wide receivers in receiving yards all time, Larry Fitzgerald two, obviously not in because he's still active. Steve Smith eight, not in yet, not eligible. Reggie Wayne tenth, uh, didn't make it his first time. Andre Johnson eleventh, and that's it. And I think all those guys will eventually get in. I think Torrey Holt will eventually get in. I think I think Steve Smith will get well, in. Brinson. You know, it's funny about you just mentioning Anquan Bolden and saying, hey, Hall of Very Good. Uh, yes, Smith is eighth all-time receiving yards, has more than Bolden, but Bolden has more receiving touchdowns sure. and receptions. So, I mean, you could make the case that Bolden should get in before Steve Smith. I, th- I think, and this is stupid, but it matters. Steve Smith's personality and the way that he is, like the fans love him. You know, he was, he 
was fiery with the media, but you know, like ice up. I mean, just just like the way he approached the game, completely different than Anquan Bolden, who was very like quiet and professional. I think that boosts his status. Anquan, Anquan Bolden, Bolden, you know, what boosts his status. He's got a Super Bowl ring. Sure. Is Julio Jones Hall of Famer? Yes, unquestionably. He right. has the same career approximate value as Anquan Bolden. So Brees just dunked on you again. Yeah, you know, three time All Pro. Bolden could get in. I, look, wide receivers weird. Smith, yeah, that's Smith will true. get in either first or second ballot, I think, and it will depend entirely on the wide receiver log jam. But I, I think Smith will get in. I also think Luke Keekley is getting in. I don't. Oh, didn't, I will bet you on that. Didn't play. You think again? You think everyone's getting in? He didn't play long enough. Um, he doesn't have the same. Excuse He's me. Seven-time Pro Bowler, five-time All-Pro, Hall of Fame All-2000s team, 2013 AP Defensive Player of the Year, 2012 AP Defensive Rookie of the Year. He led the league in tackles twice. Wow. He is he's Calvin Johnson at linebacker. That's who he is. That is not even close to be true. I like of, I like Luke Keekley a lot. Not in terms of his physical stature, just in terms of his resume. <laughs> no, I, I get the difference. <laughs> he played eight years. I mean, that is gonna be I feel like he has if he plays two more years, I feel like he's a lock. He, this is he missed the Pro Bowl one time. It was his rookie season. He was defensive rookie of the year. He's getting I feel like he gets in, but he'll get uh, it. It's like fifty one forty nine to me. Uh, it's 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 like 60 40 worst case that, that Luke Eakley gets in. I, I would almost guarantee you that he gets in. What about Greg Olson? Patrick Willis. Hall of yeah, make it make your case for Patrick Willis then if you're making it for Luke Eakley. I think Patrick Willis should be a Hall of Famer. That, and that gets back to my original point. So Cam Newton, I don't think gets in. I think Cam Newton is Patrick Willis has higher career uh average value than Luke Eakley. That's fine. Let's see. He's a Hall of Famer. But he's not in the Hall of Fame yet. When did he retire? He retired 2014. So what's the holdup? Voters are weird, man. That's that's a great explanation. So, yeah, it's not clear to me that that he, Luke Eakley's getting in playing six more games and having lower career average value than... Okay. I I'll, I'll, I would bet that I would bet that all three of those guys get in. <laughs> and I don't think Cam will well, get in. Well, the Hall of Brinson isn't the Hall of Fame is what we're learning. I mean, Willis, Willis is getting... No, he's not. <laughs> We're sitting here and he's not in. Is Greg Olson getting in? No. I don't think Greg Olson will get in, but I think it's closer than people give him credit for, mainly because the position he plays, there's not a ton of tight ends out there. Um, he had a lengthy career, and because he was a Walter Payton Man of the Year award winner, and he did a lot off the field. That, <laughs> that so, matters, man. So by the end of this, he kept T.O. out for a year because he's an a-hole. By the end of this decade, we are basically agreeing that the Panthers will have at Joyce Peppers, probably Keekly, and probably Steve Smith. I think those three the guys are in. Cam, Tom Davis, Thomas Davis, and, and Olsen. And don't get me wrong. I love Greg Olson as a football player, and as you note, he does great things off the field. And, and by the way, I mean, like, legitimately thoughts and prayers to the Olsen family because I don't know if you saw that, that they're, um, you know, they started the the Hart Foundation in Charlotte, and because their son was dealing with a a, 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 a a malfunctioning heart, and now they're worried that his the timeline on it is has been sped up. So thoughts and prayers. That is a terrifying thing to think about if you are someone who has children, and uh, certainly thinking of the Olsons. But yes, I would say three Panthers get in of this list, and three do not. Agreed. Okay. To the next question. Mailbag. So JT31 exclamation point via Apple Podcast. How would you rank the following quarterbacks in five years in the NFL? This is I'm gonna guess that JT is an Oklahoma Sooners fan. <laughs> Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, Spencer Rattler. So I would it's an Alabama fan. Maybe he wants to see them all fail. <laughs> Do we think that this is a case of I think it's a great question. I didn't even think about the the Oklahoma connection, obviously, but the. But do, I mean, are we saying not five years from now, but after each of their respective five years in the NFL, right? I don't know. Well, even, five even. years from now, I think he's a, he's throwing Rattler in there because, like, yeah. hey, he's got to play one year of college. He's going to have four years of NFL under his belt. Might not start right. in year one. All these guys will be in the NFL in five years, or they should be, or something's gone horribly wrong. No, no, no they, right? Okay, so answer it either way. Like, who whose first five years would you rather have, and who will be? I'm right? only answering it in the last way. Okay, five well, years from rank now. these guys five years from now. 2025 to 2026 season. That's a good question. Like, I mean, I don't know what Kyler's going to be. I feel like Baker maybe has the best chance uh, of turning into something because of Kevin Stefanski. I don't know what Jalen Hurts is going to be. And obviously we have no idea about Spencer Rattler, who 
is sort of the the favorite right now as we sit here in May to to be one of the first quarterbacks drafted. Um, this I, I like I this is there's so much uncertainty here. I, here's how I'll think about it: five years from now, who do I want as my quarterback? I, I think I'm going to take a little risk and go with Kyler Murray, but I feel like the safer pick is probably Baker Mayfield. I probably agree with Ryan with what he just said. I don't want to agree with Ryan. I literally went into today's show thinking I'm not going to agree with Wilson once, and here I am already agreeing with him. If you had to rank these quarterbacks, who's your last? Who's number five? I mean, the guy who's not in the NFL. Yeah, I, I think my I think my number five, Jalen Hurts. Like I, that's okay. Uh, I'm fine with that because um, I just don't know about Jalen. I would Hurts. point out that there's Hurts uh, is behind a guy who's not even. Wilson just said Hurts is his number five. There's only four guys. Right. So that's 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 one of the problems. Yeah, the five years yeah. threw me off. Breach is my number four. <laughs> I mean, Thanks, look, I, I don't have a problem with, I don't, I haven't watched. By the way, Debo couldn't wait to correct me because I was making fun of an Eagles quarterback. If it had been something else, he wouldn't have said a word. Right. <laughs> Debo swooped in for a little bit. Of, <laughs> it's a promotion. And he can't talk about the Eagles anymore. That's I have, you know, I, I want him to prove it too. I'm not, I'm not automatically on the Jalen Hurts train. All right, Debo. So you can, all four of these guys are eligible. Doesn't Kyler. Cost you, don't cost you nothing. Kyler. <laughs> no, you get it's for Eagles quarterback. I will slot them in the order you want these guys as Eagles quarterbacks for the next five years. Kyler, <laughs> Jalen Hurts, oh, Spencer Rattler, Baker Mayfield. Oh, oh. wow. The disrespect take, to Baker. Take that, Josh Edwards and Ken Carmen, who listens to the podcast for some reason that defies understanding. Ken, Carmen. Ken Carmen's the best. Yeah. Um, all those guys at 92.3 are awesome. 92.3, the fan in Cleveland. So, are any yeah, of those that... guys above 5'11"? Hmm. I don't know uh, how Jalen Jalen is. I think Jalen's 6 plus. He's short. Is he? He's maybe 6. Baker's over 6 foot. Baker's... No, he's not. Jaylen's... Yeah, he is. No, he's not. Don't... Uh, you're 4 foot tall. Everyone looks tall to you. Google has Jalen Hurts at 6'1". I don't buy it. PFR Jaylen. has 6'1", too. Um, I mean, I mean, if you're an NFL quarterback, you're lying. Like, has Baker at six one? Yeah, well, in your bra, pal. Okay, if he's six one, then we'll say six foot. That takes a full inch. I mean, let me, how high do they have Kyler Murray? That's like Prisco claiming he's five ten. Kyler Murray five. Yeah, no, Prisco's like five three. Where is the Kyler Murray five like, ten? What's seventy three? Mm-hmm. What's seventy three inches? Six one. So that's what he was at the combine. All right. So yeah, that I'm. Um, I thought he was around that, but you you seem to sell me on short. I don't no, know. That's, that's the cap. That's the cap for Oklahoma quarterbacks. Six one. I think it. <laughs> I think it's um depending again. It probably depends on your preference for risk and reward. Baker's floor higher. Kyler Murray's clearly has the highest ceiling of this group. Baker is number four here. That's a slap in the face. To that's just Debo. That's Debo <laughs> trying to. It's wish casting Jalen Hurts having a good season in twenty twenty one. That's all that is. Um, Debo's Debo's a visualization guy. He visualizes promotion. And it happened. Now he's visualizing Carson Wentz MVP season in Indy and Jalen Hurts, uh, most improved player in the year. If they had yeah, that. download and subscribe to learn the game. Leave a five star rating. <laughs> um, I would take Baker. I'm still, I'm still high on Baker. I think people have a misconstrued perception of him based on the Freddie Kitchens year. Kyler Murray uh, too, but again, Kyler Murray much higher ceiling. It's really more like one A one B. And there's a huge gap after those two, I guess, down to Jalen Hurts because he's played in the NFL and then Spencer Rattler because I just don't know enough about him and haven't watched enough. And I am, you know, a little hesitant. I realize all these guys are Oklahoma guys, so kind of messed up. But like at least a little hesitant, you know, as a, a guy coming out of Oklahoma scheme with Lincoln Riley, you know, how much was it blocking? How much was it? The guys around him clearly. Well, this of, is a pretty good track record of quarterbacks, though, coming out. I mean, we talk about quarterbacks coming out of schools. They're like, eh, I don't know. But yeah, like Alabama quarterbacks, for example. And they, that's the best of every situation in terms of the players around you. So, uh, unfortunately, learn the game already out on Spotify. I, can believe, I know. So, Debo's got those guys. Like Pete, looks like Pete's involved in this project, too, already. <laughs> I know. It certainly does. <laughs> <laughs> Next question uh, Best NFL podcast around from Robbie J. Fantastic, excuse me. Fantastic show and breakdowns. If you ever wanted to get into the NFL, this is the podcast to listen to. NFL for beginners, by beginners. Learn Easy the game. Digestible and great banner. Do you think there will ever be a superstar found on the international pathway program? Do you see Christian Wade ever making an impact for the Bills? Robbie J from Great Britain, of course. We love our international listeners. 
so I'm not familiar with the international pathway program, but I'm going to cheat a little bit and say, do Canadian players count? Cause there are a ton of good Canadian players in the NFL that we don't really know a lot no, about. They're not really on the pathway program. I don't think they're, they're not on the pathway program, but they're not Americans. Does JHI count? Yes. I, I think, I mean, his mom, well, the is, international pathway program is where the NFL assigns each team. There's only like right. four players each year that get assigned. I think the most notable one that most people have heard of is Moritz Boringer. The uh, the wide receiver that had the two dots on his jersey, he was with the Vikings for a little bit, and then he ended up in Cincinnati. Um, of course, Comes well, back to the Bengals. He, he's in the international pathway program, just trying right. to name people. And I would say to this that there's absolutely a chance that a superstar could come out of this program because I think we've already seen some talent come out. I think the most notable one is probably Jordan Mulata. Uh, with the Eagles, he's their starting tackle. He's probably going to be their starting left tackle, and Philadelphia only got him because they were assigned him in uh, 2018. So they they found their starting tackle through the International Pathway Program. So I don't think it's uh, too crazy to think that we could see a superstar eventually come out of this program. We um, I don't know if you guys know. Do you guys know Henry Hodgson of the NFL? He's like a VP for does like the international title but he's he's a vp in the international area um from great britain i believe sorry hank if i'm messing this up and you happen to be listening um he also is involved in dealing with those players a lot and i think you know you uh, my, my thing is that i would expect that what you have is a natural delay in terms of cultivating nfl talent from great britain because or, or, or anywhere overseas germany wherever it is First, you have to get the product over there and you have to create fans of the product. And then what you do is you have kids who become fans who later want to be football players instead of, you know, uh, rugby players or soccer players or whatever it is. And so, yes, I would say there will absolutely be a star on that international pathways program. One, because there is that natural delay. You see that from uh, recruiting in different areas and you see it from how MLB has opened up pipelines and now you have all these players from all over the place who come in. And then two, the NFL has shown very clearly that it is highly invested in growing the game internationally and in particularly in Great Britain and all over Europe. And so as a result, the NFL will continue to pump resources into the international pathway program into the expanded the game internationally, just as it has done for, you know, like NFL network. It didn't, you know, day one, it didn't take off and be, you know, a highly rated network, but it's something that NFL owners and the league itself are invested in inherently. And therefore it's going to continue to promote it. So yes. And I think it will become something that's actually a lot more prevalent probably in 10 to 15 years. So I'm thinking of this as sort of the reverse of what happened with the U.S. and soccer. Now, the U.S. has been trying to build a soccer program for decades. And they're sort of finally, like things started to click the last four or five years with just um, the young players that are coming through the system. And a lot of it has to do with the young players leaving the U.S. as teenagers and going to Europe to, to join academies and play. And to your point, Brinson, uh, a lot of the infrastructure isn't in place internationally at the junior level at the high school level they don't play sports in college in in, in england like there's no sort of organized ncaa type situation there um and robbie j mentioned um christian wade who was a running back with the bills i think he's still with the bills so but here's he, so here's the thing. So I'm looking at, at his uh, – he's from Slough, number one, which is awesome because that's where the original office took place. Um, number two, he's 30 years old. So he decided to quit rugby, which is what he played for most of his life, in 2018 when he was 27, 28, to try to pursue football. So he is literally 14, 15 years behind everyone else in the U.S. who has pursued a football career. Um, and, you know, we talked about uh, Jason Oway not playing football until he was in high school. Christian Wade didn't do it until he was literally in his mid to late 20s. So I think that's the other hurdle you have to clear. And um, to your point about expansion, that's the whole point of, of bringing the game internationally. And that's why we always talk about the number of games in London. There was a talk a few years ago about going to Germany, maybe even China. Uh, the games go to Mexico now. And that's all in an effort to, to make this a international phenomenon. And part of that will be, and by the way, and the NFL certainly understands this, that I tell you this, English soccer teams 100% understand this. German soccer teams 100% understand this when they sign American players. Italian soccer teams understand this. When you sign players 
that are English, that are French, that are wherever. That's a that's another hundred thousand, five million extra fans that you now have pulling for this one player and now pulling for your team. Great point. Thank you. You're welcome. That was a good question. Thank you, Robbie J. That was a good question. Um, okay, that's it. We're right about at an hour for this podcast. We y'all keep firing us great mailbag questions, and we end up taking a little bit longer on them than we mean to for the rundown. Welcome to my entire life. Surprise, surprise. But that we'll just push it back. We got a whole off season of content to provide you. People like the mailbags. I feel like I like the mailbags. It, it, <laughs> I mean, don't you? I mean, it's it's not. You know, it's, hello, Ryan. What do you think about? I the like the mailbags because I get to say mailbag. Exactly. So yeah, we'll have plenty of time to talk about the minutia of why Brinson hates the car family once the season starts. <laughs> you don't need me talking about the Raiders and the car family every That's day. Right. Grind through the mailbags. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing, downloading, rating, and reviewing. You guys are the best. A ton of great content planned for you all summer long. See you guys later. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets.